something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. All right, guys, welcome back to another new episode of Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat and I am the host. Now, before we get started and I intro our guest for today, I want to give a quick disclaimer as usual that this podcast does not serve as individual therapy, a substitute for therapy or a substitute for individual diet or any kind of mental health or food advice. I'm adding in the food and diet part today because I'm talking to a registered dietitian, and that leads me to our guest. Our guest today is Dylan Murphy, and she is a licensed and registered dietitian. She lives in Nashville. She owns Free Method Nutrition, and she is one of my friends. She was one of our first guests ever on the podcast when we talked about why diets don't work back in 2019 or maybe early, early 2020. It was in either December of 2019 or January 2020. I think it was like our New Year's episode for the first year. Anyway, she's amazing. And I had some questions that were sent in from listeners after I did the episode on orthorexia and Whole30. And I was like, I think we should get a dietitian to come in and give their perspective. Although, you know, she's one of my friends and I feel like I hold myself back less when I'm talking with my friends on the show. So I probably gave more of my opinion, professional and personal than I would have if I had a dietitian on that I didn't know, which maybe is not the worst thing in the world. But anyway, so Dylan's our guest. If you want to learn more about Dylan, you can follow her on Instagram at dylanmurphy.rd and you can follow Free Method Nutrition at Free Method Nutrition. And then she also has her own podcast called The Free Method Podcast. She also recently has been on the Outweigh podcast with Amy Brown, which now lives in her Four Things podcast. So you can search Four Things Amy Brown and maybe type in Outweigh and you might find those episodes as well. So she comes, we talk about a lot of stuff. I'm going to let our conversation do the talking. Just a little disclaimer. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty where my internet just like literally stopped working. 
this is like the inside scoop of a podcaster's life. Like I'm recording from my house today, which I have great internet here, better than my office. And I was reading the last question that I had planned for her and she froze. And I was like, oh my gosh, her internet stopped working. That's so frustrating. <laughs> but it was mine. And we tried to reconnect a couple times, but it didn't work. And I'm sitting here right now trying to continue to fix my internet and it's very confusing because things say that they're on but then they also say that they're off at the same time (laughs) so anyway I just texted her the question and then she sent me her answer so I read the last one bummer I wish that we could have actually had that conversation at the end of the podcast because it was a question I was saving but that's okay because this is one of those things where you roll with it and we don't always know what's going to happen and I can be adaptable and this podcast isn't perfect and internet and technology is hard. And at the same time, in the grand scheme of life, not going to make a big difference. So I hope you enjoy the conversation and all of the stuff inside of here. And thanks for listening. Here is my conversation with Dylan. All right. Welcome Dylan back to the show. How are you doing? (laughs) Doing great. Glad to be back. I feel like I was on one of the like very first the fourth episode yeah yeah back in the day she's back what this is probably like the 204th episode yeah yeah we're rolling it's a beautiful Friday afternoon after we finish this I'm literally going to be on Uh vacation for a week oh yes no we're going somewhere fun uh, yeah, I think it's fun. We're going to the lake. Uh, it, we're just going like two hours away to the lake. That's fun. With, with my family. So this is my last. Well, I have one other piece of work that I have to do. And then I'll be done. Vacation. But you're going to be all the listeners' little treat while I'm off on the lake tubing uh, and skiing and amazing. having a, a drink of the day. Some days that might be water. <laughs> some days that might be a little <laughs> cocktail I make with whatever I can find in the pantry. Um <laughs> Anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but okay. So Dylan's I love it. a registered dietitian and we had her on the very beginning to talk about diets and why they don't work. And it was a really fun episode. And if you want to listen just to see like where we started from, <laughs> it might be interesting just to hear. Like, I need to re-listen. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I had no idea what I was doing back then. Yeah. Um, and I probably didn't either. So hopefully yeah, I, I mean, I still professionally, we knew what yes. we were doing podcast wise it was like well what what goes on and I edited them myself back then so you know the quality might be different any hoozy I am having you back on here because I have because we have a lot of content about eating disorders and disordered eating and all of that I did episode about orthorexia and whole 30 recently and I got some emails about those and about like exercise and all that stuff and some of the things I can answer but I also think it's nice to have like a dietitian's perspective about those things Mm -hmm. so if you haven't listened to the episode titled like orthorexia and whole 30 I highly recommend that that was one that I felt very passionate about and it kind of just talks about and deep dives into some of these like quote unquote diets or programs or lifestyle Mm -hmm. changes that can be really harmful and damaging so I did that episode and then I got this email and that's where I want to start. If mm-hmm. that is okay with you, as I just, I'm going to yes. ask you this question. I'm going to read this email and then kind of get your thoughts on it. So this listener, which I keep every email anonymous. So thank you anonymous listener for this email um, because I'm, you sent this in. There's probably other people that were wondering this. So it says, 
Hi, I'm listening to the orthorexia and whole 30 episode. Love all the great info as always. And I keep thinking about the 75 hard diet. I had never heard of it before, but in the past week, two people have talked about it to me. I'm interested to know your thoughts on it from a loyal listener. So should we give a background of the 75 hard before you? Yes. I saw something. Who was the person that just put, I think maybe it was the Wellful that just put some information out about it. I just Googled to see, because I've, I've worked with clients who have done 75 hard in their past. And I Googled to see what all the like rules were of it. And so like it says, it's like a 75 day challenge. Rule number one is pick a diet and stick to it. So you have to do whatever the diet is that you decide. And it says no cheats, no alcohol. Then you read 10 pages of a nonfiction book, drink a gallon of water, take a progress picture every day. This one is wild to me. Do two 45 minute workouts. One has to be outside. So it's, and then it says, if you miss a rule, you have to start over. So if you're like 10 days in, you miss something, you start back at day one. If you like miss one workout in 75 days, you have to start over. Mm-hmm. All the way back to day one. So it's like very strict. So it's a very intense program. And what I assume like a lot of things like this is it's put out there as this program that's going to help you live your best life and get Mm -hmm. you back on this place where you have more direction and you better take care of your health. And it's, it's touted as this really awesome, exciting jumpstart to like finding the best version of yourself. So that's exciting, right? That's really exciting. And like, Mm -hmm. I want that, like, I want to find that. And then you read these rules and let's talk about how that can be really harmful when it comes to our mental health. And even like from a dietitian's perspective, let's talk about how that can be harmful when it comes to working out twice a day, no breaks and having strict food rules. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, there's so much wrong with this. And I think what can be so hard and this, I've seen this in some of the clients I've worked with who have started this is, um, I feel like they did something like the 75 hard challenge thinking, okay, this is going to be like a a personal development thing. I'm just going to like better myself. It's a clean slate. And then they don't realize like, oh my gosh, but this is going to like really mess up my relationship with food. I'm going to become so obsessed with exercise all of, and, and you're taking progress pictures every day. So then you're like every single day. Yes. Every day for 75 days. So it's making you like obsessed with how you look under the guise of like, this is going to improve your, you know, personal health, your mental health, all the things, which is like so false. One thing that really stands out to me is, I mean, just what we know with diets, like diets don't work. They aren't sustainable. They don't last. And sure, maybe you can keep it up for 75 days, but then what's going to happen on day 76 and how is your, like I said, relationship with food and all of that going to be impacted come day 76? Because if we have this big, I mean, this whole challenge or yeah, 75 hard challenge is like very black and white of like, you have to follow these rules. If you don't, you start back at day one. And we know that when it comes to like movement, what we eat, what we don't eat, all these other aspects of our health, like it's really not black and white. Like to say you have to work out two times a day, one time has to be outside. That doesn't give any room for like rest days to allow your body to like repair your muscles to rest. 
I'm like, what if it's raining? Do we just work out? Which I've, I've seen plenty of videos, people doing 75 hard and they're like, oh, it's snowing. It's raining. Still got to do my thing outside. But, and it's like, I'm so dedicated to myself that mm-hmm. nothing can stop me. And it's like this, like yeah. this, this idea that's pushed is it, to me very harmful. Cause it's like you, it, it takes away our agency and our ability to listen to our bodies. Yes. And I feel like a lot of what therapists and dietitians will both say, especially in the realm of disordered eating and eating disorders is the work is learning how to listen to your body again. The, exactly. you, you were born and your body was born able to like give you cues and tell you what it needs and tell you what mm-hmm. it, it doesn't need. And, and, yes. and when our muscles feel a certain way or, or we're tired or, or we are hungry or we have a craving like a lot of times those are our body's way of communicating that with us because mm-hmm. our our leg does not speak english but it has ways yes. to communicate with us and i find it really interesting with the the pick a diet it's like you can pick any diet right so yeah whatever one it you want you like, like you're whatever in control you're in control and and then you have to stick with it for 75 days and what we know about diets is like with any diet, there's going to be some kind of restriction and the easiest mm-hmm. way to make somebody or to become obsessed with a food or a thing or whatever is to tell yourself you can't have it. So the easiest way yes. to create this like cyclical thinking about some kind of something when it comes to your own way of eating and feeding yourself is to tell yourself you can't have something, whether that's I can't have brown rice I might not even like brown rice, but if I'm like, I can't have it, then it's like it becomes magical. Or if it's, I can't have brownies or I can't have sugar. That's the easiest way to become obsessed with somebody, which is going Mm -hmm. to lead, just like we talked about with the Whole30, what happens on day 76? Yeah, not good. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, to live and die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What I would say, too, if someone like even the person who submitted this question or anyone else listening who is, you know, maybe had friends who have done something like this is asking yourself, like, okay, what would my motivation for doing this be? And I feel like a lot of times, and at least from the people I've talked to, it's all rooted back in like weight loss. And so it's like, well, okay, if you're saying like that, I'm going to do this for like my personal health, personal development, like brain, whatever the reasons may be that shouldn't be correlated with weight loss, but obviously something like this challenge, like screams like, Ooh, this is going to help me lose weight because I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And like, that's not gonna be sustainable. Again, you're going to like on day 76, you're probably still going to be terrified of eating whatever the foods were. You may feel guilty if you don't work out because you're supposed to work out two day, two times a day. So it just leads to like, it doesn't stay within those 75 days and it's things you don't even need to be doing in those 75 days, but it also is going to like seep out into so many other days where you really aren't listening to your body, right. like you said. I like what you said. Like, you don't really need to be doing that in those 75 days either. It's like, so then why are mm-hmm. we, what are we proving and what are we trying to yeah. like, how is this thing going to actually improve my life? And, and the thing is there are people out there that can do this program and then they can move on with their lives and like they might not think twice about it but the majority of people that are going to do this program something is going to linger and it might not turn into a full-fledged eating disorder i feel like some people think that people like us who are talking about this are like they're dramatic but i'm like even if half of the people that do this it leads them to have either disordered eating or just like self-critical in a way or just like bad body image even if it leads to Mm -hmm. half of the people having one of those things it's not worth it this thing is is telling us it's going to help us create this better life and like one I don't know I haven't done research on this so I don't know if there is research on this to show but like what is the actual outcome because a lot of the diet programs that we have which a diet is part of this that we have information on is the outcomes are that it usually leads to more weight gain and heavier bodies if we're even just talking about weight than people who have never dieted before so yes. this thing is telling you it's it's almost so crazy this is so crazy to me 
new program after 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 a new program after a new program. That's just another form of an old program. But we have so much information that says these things don't work. So why do we keep creating new programs? What I think is, I mean, I think it's because these people who are trying to make money off of these diets realize, or these people out there who want to make more money are like, Ooh, if I do something that's kind of like a diet, but I say it's not a diet, I'm going to make money. I even, I went to the, the like main page for 75 hard on the guy who created it, Andy, wherever you are, I hope you're listening. He says, this is not a fitness program. 75 hard, 75 hard is a transformative mental toughness program. Think of this as an Iron Man for your brain, which is like, not true because then if you keep scrolling, you see all these before and after pictures of all the weight people lost. So I'm like, you're telling me it's not a fitness program. So why are we glorifying that? So why aren't we glorifying what it does for our mental health? Like, I would like to see that. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we see how our mental health is improved? And like, does it? Because like, I don't know that it does, but I think what also might be really helpful for people who are even contemplating doing this, because I mean, you don't have to take our word for it. You can do 75 hard Mm -hmm. if you want, but this is a program that was created by a speaker. This guy's a speaker and author and he has a supplement company and he has a podcast. So like this isn't that something that like a dietitian or a psychologist or a therapist or somebody who like is in the realm of like health and has a background in that. This is just somebody who has a supplement company. Um, this probably is helping that company. It's all like all of this is very money based. And oh, yeah. I talked about that with the uh, the, when I talked, did a deep dive on the whole 30, it's like, well, if this was really a program that was created to help people that have like food sensitivities or a hard relationship with food or a, or a disordered in, uh, relationship with food, this program would look so different. The marketing would look so different. The, the words that we used would look so different and it wouldn't be as yes. popular. There's no mm. way it would be oh, popular. Yeah. No, this, no one would be doing it. Yeah. This thing is popular because it's, it's, it's so confusing. It's so, and I don't even know how to say it the best way, but it, it drives me nuts because it is this thing that we want to market it to a certain audience, the masses. We want everybody to do Mm -hmm. it. But then we want to say, anytime you have to like have a disclaimer, that's like, this isn't a diet. It's like, well, it looks like a diet. It feels like a diet. It smells like a diet. It's a diet. You just are using a mental toughness program, but it's a diet. It's just like calling a diet, a lifestyle change. Like it is a diet. And so I wouldn't even be that upset. As you can see, I'm getting heated. <laughs> um, I wouldn't care that much if these things just said, we're a diet, we're a new diet program. Like, because honestly, I don't think that diet culture is going away. I think it's here. It's here to stay. It is, it makes too much money. It is something that we are all in some form or another. We're all, and we end up being parts of this, whether it's when it comes to beauty and wellness and all of that, like I'm sucked into parts Mm -hmm. of it too. It's Mm -hmm. not going away. But if things just were honest, like instead of the disclaimer saying, Hey, this is not a diet disclaimer this is a diet program so if you have had or have a history of or don't want to be encouraged to have disordered eating patterns or yes. thoughts or whatever I don't do don't this. do it but if yes. we said that think of all the people who are like i don't want to do a diet but i need something mm-hmm. you're not going to get them on your program so they're going to lose money yes Ugh. and what stands out to me too is like parts of this like 
aren't inherently bad in the sense of like reading more books, drinking water, moving your body, but it's like the extreme that it takes it to where it's like, you have to do this every day. If you don't, you start over at day one. And it's like, I think you said it earlier of like, you know, it's kind of telling people what to do instead of letting them be their own agency of like, okay, if I want to try and read more nonfiction books, what makes sense for my lifestyle? Do I want to try and read like a chapter a day or like what, what kind of goal would I want to make? Or if I want to drink more water, what would that look like for me? If I know I need to move my body more or whatever it may be, like, what would that look like for me instead of having this like generic diet tell you what you need to do and not do so i also think like if you're going to something like this because you feel like you need to like improve your health move more eat better etc etc that's a sign like maybe you need to instead spend that time and effort working with a dietitian or working with someone who actually like knows what they're talking about instead of this like random yeah and i we can move on from this eventually but <laughs> also I'm thinking now. about like the 75 day thing I'm like this is uh, another reason why I think this is like for a lack of a better word like fucked up because mm-hmm. first of all 75 days I don't care it is a long time that's a that long time so long. and who has 75 days where they don't have something happening in their life like something yeah. and yes. I'm thinking like if I if I did this in the summer okay what if I went on a vacation like how am I gonna fit in this stuff what if I went on a road trip like how am I gonna fit in this stuff like if I have a wedding that that I want to go to or if I'm in a wedding and it the day the getting ready like how am I gonna fit in two workouts a day and it's like you must sacrifice and it's only 75 days and you can it's like okay but you have to make your life so small yes I'm like if you have to make your life that small to get this promise you're gonna have a bigger better life that's like false advertising like at the end of our lives we're not gonna look back and be like I love that 75 days where I didn't let myself do anything and I was consumed by these things that I had like no you're going to look back and be like my favorite parts of my life were these trips that I went on these times I got to spend with my friends and didn't just had to be present they're not gonna be filled with the like oh that to-do list that I got done like that was like no so yes. I want to eventually, yeah, we're going to move on because I have more questions <laughs> for Dylan, but I think maybe you guys might be picking up what we're putting down by now. <laughs> I think we've made it clear. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. And honestly, I, as a human being would never encourage anybody to do this. We can all yeah. make our own choices. And like, I've become bigger advocate for this than ever. Like I want you to be empowered to, to make your own choices. But in that, and the reason I'm so heated is that I want people to see this for what it is and be able to make a choice mm-hmm. based on mm-hmm. that versus on yeah. the like false advertising. I think you you said it well when you said like a lot of these things aren't inherently bad. So like, yeah, I want you to know that like all these things individually aren't maybe the worst ideas in the world, but it's the way that they're packaged and the way they're sold to you. If you're buying this, I want you to know what you're buying. And then if you choose to buy mm-hmm. it, go for it. Like I am not going to tell anybody to an extent what to do, but I just want to encourage us to be more aware and mindful of what we are choosing and why we're choosing it. Yes, that's good. Anywho. So that leads me to my next question. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast to live and die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating 
for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts That leads me to my next question, which kind of came from that episode I did as well. And and it maybe kind of bleeds into this conversation too. But there's a lot of talk in wellness culture around food sensitivities. And apparently, like it seems like based on TikTok, Instagram, social media, we must all have a sensitivity to something. Like there's like that. It just seems like all of a sudden, like everybody has these sensitivities. And at the same time, do we know what that is? So I would like you from your perspective to talk about like what actually is a food sensitivity and what's the difference between a food sensitivity and a food allergy. And if it is something that we're like thinking about, how do we know if that, if we have one or the other? Gosh, so much there. So I think one food sensitivities are such 
like almost like a fad right now, which seems so strange. And I guess I have been a fad for a while, but because there's all these, you know, like little food sensitivity tests you could take at home. And it's like, I think a lot of it roots back to like, we as just like human beings have this desire to be like a part of like a community and like to be around other people. And so it's almost like, Ooh, okay. All these other people, like they say like they can't eat gluten. So like, I guess I can't eat Like you just kind of like want to be in like the quote unquote popular crowd, even though like that shouldn't be the popular crowd, but with food sensitivity tests, there's so much nuance to them because really they're not even like there's certain tests out there where it's more so your results will trigger off of like what you've eaten recently. So I've had clients who've gotten them and have been like, oh my gosh, like I just had avocado two days ago and I was fine. But on my test, it says like, I'm highly sensitive to it. I'm like, well, it's because you had just eaten it. It was probably still in your like digestive system. So what I tell all my clients or just people on Instagram or whoever may ask me, I'm like, one, like if you had a true food allergy, like I promise you, you would know, like you would know if like, if you have celiac disease, you would be like running to the bathroom because you ate gluten or same thing with lactose or whatever it may be, you would know. And you wouldn't think this, but like so few people, like literally like 1% of the population actually has celiac disease. But when we walk into a grocery store, we see gluten-free stuff everywhere. So you would think like, oh my it's gosh, a big, it's so common. Yeah. Everyone has celiac disease, but it's not, it's not common at all. So gosh, I'm, I feel like my brain could go like a million directions right now. So I'm trying to figure out which direction. Well, I think also, I liked how you were saying like, it, it's like the popular thing. I think mm-hmm. that like, it almost is like that uh, opposite reaction of a, what's the word? It's a P placebo. Oh yeah. Yeah. In the sense that like if everybody around me isn't eating gluten and they feel better and when I go to the grocery store, they have now like four aisles of gluten-free food, then like there's a strong possibility that I might feel better if I don't eat gluten. And if I think I'm doing this thing and I tell myself that I feel better, I can trick my mind into thinking that like, oh, I feel better. Oh, I'm less bloated or I'm whatever. But like really you look exactly the same and you feel the same. It's just mm-hmm. this reverse placebo effect. Yes. When I know that in my disordered eating, I went, there was plenty of times I was like, I don't eat gluten. I feel better without gluten. I can't have gluten because mm-hmm. of this thing that I have and this and that. And like, oh, yeah. to be very honest, <laughs> I think that I was probably more stressed when I wasn't eating, eating yes. gluten. Because I was like, such a good point. does this have gluten? Does this have gluten? I don't know. I ate yes. that and I felt fine. Like, (laughs) yes, yes. But even on the note of like stress of, you know, if you're cutting out a ton of foods or you're chronic dieting, you're super stressed, like you have anxiety, depression, anything under that umbrella and probably many other things that's going to impact how your body's digesting food. You're not sleeping well. All these things can impact how your body digests food. And it can be so easy to try and pinpoint, pinpoint it to, oh, okay, if I just cut out gluten, if I just cut out X, Y, Z, then that's going to fix everything, but it's really not. And there probably are people listening who like genuinely do have a sensitivity to gluten or to lactose or to soy or, or whatever it may be. But just speaking like generally, like a lot of people don't, it's more so like stress or, you know, are you chronic dieting? Are you underweight where your body is just like not digesting food well? Are you giving your body enough energy each day in terms of like eating enough food? Because that's going to impact your digestion. And 
if you do think you might have some sort of like true food sensitivity, then it would be important to go to like an expert, which would be like a dietitian or a doctor. But I would say that with caution of like, depending on the doctor, but like go to someone who can like truly help you with that. Because yes, there's people out there who have like digestive disorders like IBS or SIBO, or there's other things where there's certain foods you can't eat, but we figure that out by like you figure that out by working with a dietitian and doing like a super like personalized elimination style eating plan to figure that out it's not something you just randomly would be like oh i'm just gonna stop eating this but it is such a placebo thing i feel like of like oh okay well they all feel fine and i think a lot of it also roots kind of what we said with 75 hard the main like if you really get honest with yourself the main reason you would even be doing it is because you're like oh maybe this is gonna make me look like her maybe i'm gonna lose weight if i don't eat gluten if i don't eat dairy if i don't you know whatever the food may be so if you really get honest with yourself it's like it's not really about the gluten it's about what cutting out the gluten you think is going to bring you Mm -hmm. and as you were talking about that i was thinking about how like people will talk about like my skin has changed and this and that and and that can be totally true but i have had this esthetician her name is hannah ellis and she owns hannah ellis skincare in nashville she's amazing and i have gone to her many times and she is harped so hard on i will never tell you to not eat something for your skin. Mm. That's not my job. I don't mm. know that part of this. Like I can talk yeah. about your skin and I can tell you what I see and I can give you these treatments, but I am not going to tell you that like dairy is causing your rosacea or your cystic acne or any of that because that's not my job. And I am not yeah. trained in that. Like I'm trained in this. We don't do nutrition. We don't do that. So if anybody in that realm is telling you that, it could be true. That's the thing. It's the same with the 75 yeah. hard. It's like those things aren't inherently bad. It could be true that something is causing this inflammation in your skin or something. And we need to make sure that we are getting that information from somebody that actually knows what they're talking about versus somebody mm-hmm. who's like, oh, this is what I did or this happened to my friend yes. or this happened to a client of mine. It's like, well, no, mm-hmm. what, are, what are actually the facts? Because if mm-hmm. I start thinking, think about how that just like the fear mongering of that. Like I at one point was very, very, very afraid of dairy products. Mm-hmm. I've never had a problem digesting dairy. I've never had a yeah. problem like like never in my life now I do have people in my family that are lactose intolerant that like Mm -hmm. if they don't take their medication and then they have this they have ice cream they will literally be in the bathroom for like four days so I know what that looks like that's never been me but I was so afraid of eating these foods because I heard that it can cause this problem with your skin it can cause this bloating it can cause inflammation and I'm like oh well maybe if I stop eating dairy my skin will look flawless like Haley Bieber's I will lose weight because I won't be bloated anymore and then I will not have inflammation so then I'll even be even smaller when like I wasn't Mm -hmm. bloated or inflamed that's just what my body looked like yes yes exactly and even if someone because that makes me think about what we've talked about on my podcast about like influencer culture of like even if someone is saying like oh i cut out dairy and now look my face is so like smooth and beautiful and perfect like even if deep down it did make that change for them it doesn't mean that's going to make that for you and oftentimes in those situations there's probably a lot more to the story than just oh, yeah cutting out dairy a hundred percent like <laughs> oof, it's so frustrating and also like 
people's skin sometimes like they just are lucky and some people have like i have a friend yes. last night who was like she is beautiful like flaw like literally flawless skin and she uh. was like i use a bar of soap to wash my face and i was like oh my gosh like what? i hate you <laughs> but if she wanted to be an influencer and, sh- and people were like mm-hmm. well what is your diet she'd say well this yes. i eat this and 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 if she maybe like was being endorsed by, by the, a skincare line she started mm-hmm. using their products. She's like, these are the products I use. This is the diet that I follow. And it's like, those things aren't making her skin look that way. She just naturally is really yes. lucky in that area. And <laughs> yeah. I think that that's something that gets really confused too, especially mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. like going back to the 75 hard, like, oh, this, this happened for me. Like, look at where I am now after doing it. It's like, well, you were kind of there before. Yes. Like, yes. it's not that that, like that was you. already your baseline just, to begin with yeah so like saying that i'm gonna get that now doesn't make any sense yes so can we move on to my next question yes please okay. oh i have two questions and i'm gonna try not to okay. talk okay i only talk <laughs> i won't let you speak <laughs> okay so <laughs> my uh, second to last question is what's the most frustrating slash annoying post that you have seen recently or thing that you've seen somebody post about it doesn't have to be like a specific post recently from like wellness culture. Mm. Maybe like it's like a topic. Do we have? I, well, just one, <laughs> just one. Like maybe it's a topic. Maybe it's like a a theme, or maybe it's an actual like post you you saw. You don't have to call the person out, but like what's something that frustrated you from a dietitian's perspective? Okay, so the first thing that comes to mind for me is the trend, and I feel like it maybe at this point has like mellowed down a little bit, but the trend that's going around where people are making Coke and using balsamic vinegar. Have you seen that? Yes, and I was I watched those videos because I was like, I'm sorry. This is one of those things where you're like, are you dumb? Like, that's not going to taste yeah. like Coke? No, no. Like, it's, un- I mean, it just makes no sense. And those when those things happen, I feel like there's been other things like dumb things like that. Oh, people did like the internal shower. There was like chia seeds and water, which is just crazy. But one, I'm like, I just wish I could find the like original video, like whoever like first yes. did that and just be like, what in the world? Well, what? Well, I was, sorry. I know I said I was not going to talk, but <laughs> will you, the internal shower thing, like, first of all, I think mm-hmm. we need to explain this because some people might not have seen either of these. So will you say what the balsamic vinegar trend was and then say what the internal shower trend was yes so the balsamic one was basically for marketed from the perspective like okay instead of drinking coke which kind of gives you that mindset of like okay coke is bad because i need to make an alternative for it do i think it was sparkling water and add balsamic vinegar to it and i'm pretty sure that was just it and you just mix it together and it's supposed to taste like coke now I don't like Coke. I've never, I just, I hate Coke, but I can also imagine I would hate that so much more. I <laughs> I still so can gross. kind of vaguely remember what Coke tastes like. And I just never would be like, Ooh, this kind of tastes like balsamic vinegar to me. No, no. It sounds horrible. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts is the morning toast. And it's so good. And I was listening oh, I to them one. and they, um, on their podcast did it. And it was hilarious hearing Claudia talk about it because she was like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted in my life. Like, I can't even get the flavor out of my mouth. Like, I can't believe I did this. Please, somebody like, I wish I could rewrite my life. Like, the idea of it is like, 
crazy but and i and i want to say i i know before i said like are you dumb like that even sounds dumb but i think that Mm -hmm. also speaks to like and i do have so much empathy for this that speaks to like Mm -hmm. how strong diet culture and wellness culture is that it would make Mm -hmm. a well-meaning intelligent human being who has had coke before who has had balsamic vinegar before believe that there might be a way that this could could then replace this and i should do that because obviously coke is bad but like what's worse like drinking a coke or forcing yourself to drink a glass of vinegar yeah when you are i mean it's cringing disgusting yeah and i mean what we know about like just restricting or telling which i mean that would be restricting or like telling yourself like oh i can't have this so i'm going to do the balsamic thing instead eventually you're going to reach this point of like I just need a Coke or like, okay, since I'm not having Coke, then I'm going to have ice cream. And then you like overdo it in one way or another. And then you feel guilty and it leads to this like whole cycle. So this would be the same with like everything else I talk about with food of like, if you want the Coke, drink the Coke. Also, the chances are, if you actually allow yourself to have what you're craving, you're probably going to have less of it versus if you like have the balsamic drink and then eventually like, okay, on Saturdays, I'm going to let myself drink Coke. You're probably going to drink like a two liter or something crazy versus like just allowing yourself to have it when you want it and then moving on. And it doesn't have to be that big of a deal. Yeah. And then there's the internal shower, which I saw that too. And the amount of minutes I've wasted on my life watching this video. Oh my gosh. Cause it's like a huge amount of chia seeds and then water and just no. But chia seeds, I don't know if everybody's seen them in water. They like congeal and they get like all like, Oh, I cannot imagine drinking it. It's like jello, but not quite. But with that, it's like, I mean, even going back to like the food sensitivity stuff, like the only re- like if you genuinely think you're having like digestive issues where you're needing like an internal cleanse, quote unquote, or however they're like talking about it, you need to be working with a dietitian who specializes in gut health. And then if she recommends, hey, add more fiber to your diet, chia seeds could be a great way to do so. Then eat more chia seeds, but you don't have to put it in water and drink it and There's call it so an internal many ways shower. you can you can put chia seeds in your yes. diet throughout your day that you don't have to force yourself to drink a cup full of them. I think that's yes. like the intensity of it. It's like I could be eating that many chia seeds throughout my day and have no idea versus I'm now having to like chug this like repulsive drink. And yes. then I'm, but then also like, yeah, what happens after it's just a whole thing. I, I should do a whole podcast episode on laxatives and what they actually do versus what we think they do. Because mm-hmm. I think the world is very confused on what like taking a laxative does and I, mm-hmm. it not to anybody's fault. Like, especially when you're like in this space of like, I am really invested in my body image and I have negative body image and I think that I look this way, but when I go to the bathroom, I think I look this way. And mm-hmm. also if we're restricting and we're not getting certain foods then like you probably mm-hmm. aren't going to the bathroom as much as you should. Yes. And so yes. you can create a dependency. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So we're going to move on because you know, time. I said, we're only going to keep this episode 30 minutes and we're already 10 minutes past that. So um, (laughs) last question. I want to ask all of these. Okay. What is... Just bring me back for a round two. Okay. Okay, guys. So I know I said this in the intro, but I'm going to say it again. Maybe you missed it. But as I was reading the last question, I noticed that Dylan was frozen and... (laughs) 
I was thinking maybe her internet stopped working, but it was my internet. My internet stopped working. So what I did after, I mean, 10, 15 minutes of troubleshooting, it's Friday afternoon. She has a kid. I am about to start putting the finishing touches on getting my house ready to get pictures taken so I can sell it um, because I'm moving. And so I just said, Dylan, we only had one more question. I'm going to text it to you and then I can just read it. So they still get to hear the answer and I still get to hear the answer. So the question that I was trying to ask Dylan at the end was, What's one thing during your training as a registered dietitian and your road to becoming a registered dietitian that you learned about food or the body that changed your food philosophy and how you you view um, your work? And this is her answer. When I truly realized the impact that food can play on our overall health, in parentheses, mental health, relationships, emotions, etc. That shifted my food philosophy drastically. In school, I was taught to view food by numbers, how many calories it can contain, what is good, what is bad. But in my experience as a dietitian, I've learned that is missing the big picture. If we just focus on the numbers in the name of health, we actually aren't really improving our health at all. We work to improve our relationship with food where we can say yes to foods with confidence and say no to foods because they don't sound good. That's when our health really improves. Beautiful. And you know what? Maybe better that she wrote it out because I was, I kept being like, I mean, you listen to the episode. I'm not going to talk. I'm going to let you speak. And uh, when I talk to Dylan, I just like let myself unleash when it comes to this stuff. So that's what happened. Anyway, so that was a beautiful answer and I really appreciate it. And like I said in the intro, if you guys want to work with Dylan or you want to learn more about her, you want to follow her, you can follow her at dylanmurphy.rd and at free method nutrition. As always, thank you guys for being here and for listening and for being part of the community. I hope that you gained something and this helped you kind of untangle your own stuff where you can start again to create more agency and understanding and make choices based on information and education and make choices that fit you versus make choices that people tell you you should make. That's the goal here and all of this stuff. So hope you have the day you need to have, the week you need to have, the time you need to have. I am also doing that as I am on vacation right now. So I will talk to you soon. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me at cat.defada on Instagram and at Therapy Podcast on Instagram. If you haven't read the podcast, I would love for you to do that. It would be awesome. Give me some good feedback or some constructive feedback in a kind way that also counts as good. And I will talk to you guys soon. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. 
Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.